You're listening to Don't Repeat This, the show where we talk about the stuff you're not supposed to bring up at the dinner table. I'm Nate. I'm Vicky. I'm Gail. And today we're talking about, well, Christmas, the holidays. I mean, it is that time of year. Um, before we get into our topic today, though, since it's the holidays, um, well, it'll be the holidays when you all are listening to this. We record these in advance, so, you know, these versions of us don't really know what the holidays are going to look like, <laughs> except they'll most likely be social distanced and minimally attended, hopefully. Uh, anyway, anyway, since it's the holiday season, um, I thought maybe we could just kind of talk about random stuff with regards to the holidays, like maybe origins of some of these holiday traditions. Um, so I was doing a little bit of reading and research and something that I kind of sort of knew, uh, but not really well, um, was that the the Christmas holiday is really kind of a mishmash of all sorts of different pagan holidays. Um, like so many Christian holidays, actually. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the, uh, the ancient Roman feast of Saturnalia, um, which was celebrating the winter solstice. Um, that was the time when the, or is the time of year when, you know, the days start getting longer again. Um, so, it was actually like a week-long celebration held between uh, the 17th and the 25th of December, basically where no one could be prosecuted for injuring or killing people or raping or theft. Um, it was like the purge. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, that's the origins of Christmas. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> um so like basically anything that was against the law they they they, did and they couldn't get in trouble that for that for those five days um although a lot of people blew off steam by kind of taking advantage of the lawlessness um saturnalia could also be a time for kindness which seems counterintuitive but okay um and then during saturnalia this was um obviously we know where this where this then eventually led to, uh, Romans, uh, Roman citizens and, you know, just people living in the Roman empire, uh, they practiced, you know, various merrymaking, drinking, having fun, eating, feasting, and exchanging presents. Is that the origin of giving gifts? Is I don't know if that's where- the origin of giving gifts, but because it was part of those particular celebrations, um, it then, I think, just evolved to where we are now it just with continued. gift giving. It's continued through the uh, through the centuries. Um, it's the, interesting to pick to find out which things we do at Christmas time that come from. Yeah, what are the origins of what we're what we're celebrating? Mm, yeah. So speaking of, Vicky. Yes. yes. I'm so excited. Um, so I did some some research on Yule, which is like another word for. The holiday season, I maybe you've seen like Yuletide mm-hmm. cheer or whatever um, on a mug or some Christmas knickknack. Um, <laughs> but Yule was its own celebration. It was a pagan festival um, that was held in Scandinavian countries, um, and it followed the midwinter solstice, so usually around the twenty-first of December, um, and it celebrated the return of the sun as the days slowly started to get longer again. Um, it also celebrated a whole bunch of other stuff that's, like, really cool, but that was, like, the main idea, was that the days are getting longer again, there's hope. 
Um, so the festivities, which involved lots of drinking, consuming of slaughtered animals, lasted up to 12 days. Normally it lasted 12 days, which is where we get the 12 days of Christmas from. Oh. Yeah. Um, which I always thought was like kind of random, but it makes sense when you think about it. So it does. Some other traditions from Yule include the Yule Log, um, which you can watch on your television, and sometimes it plays very nice Christmas songs. Um, but Ooh, it- <laughs> on YouTube, they just have, like, the Yule Log yeah. for, like, six hours. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go on YouTube right now and, and take a look at the Yule Log. And during the holidays, I think a lot of local access channels have it. But the Yule Log actually um, had nothing to do with Christ, but... <laughs> It, it was a log it that you didn't would, <laughs> not even a little bit um, it was a log that was burned throughout the 12 days of Yule and the ashen remains of the log were used to ward off evil spirits and other misfortunes um, before being ignited again the following year to start the subsequent Yule fire so there is a fire um, there is also a tradition of leaving food out for not Santa but elves. Um, so in Scandinavia, it's still traditional. They still do it to this day to leave food out. Um, it could be cookies, um, sweets, but it's usually porridge with butter <laughs> for the little red-capped tomti or nisa, which are household spirits or house elves. And um, therefore, we have the tradition of leaving food out like cookies for Father Christmas or Santa. So this is where, where um, Santa got his elves? Like I on think the North so. Pole, he's got all of these elves that are ma- that are making the toys. Yeah, I think so. Um, so in Sweden, they have Father Christmas, right? That's they don't call mm-hmm. him Santa Claus; they call him Father Christmas, and um, he's called the the Yule Tomti, which is the Yule Elf. So Santa is just a big elf in Sweden. Uh, <laughs> so so Coca Cola is basically the one that made him this fat, overweight, bearded guy. Yeah. But he he should actually mm. look more like a Scandinavian elf. Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Okay. Yeah. I mm. think depending on the country, like I didn't look into the other countries, but depending on the country in Europe, Santa traditionally before Coca Cola was depicted as a skinny guy. And he, well, he, he wore Saint like Nicholas different sort of blended into that too, right? It was like mm-hmm. the legend of Saint Nicholas. Yeah. So. We got elves. We got the Yule log. Um, Twelve days of Christmas. So the modern English word Yule comes to us from the Middle English Yule, um, which is from Anglo-Saxon Yule, which um, now is more commonly known as like Christmas tide or the Twelve days of Christmas. But in Scandinavia, they still call it Yule. Um, and one hmm. of the many names of Odin, if you know anything about Scandinavian lore, mm-hmm. um, Odin is one of their gods. One of the many names of Odin recorded in the Icelandic sources for Yolnir, which is uh, is Yolnir, which means the Yule one. So Christmas or Yule is kind of like Odin's holiday um, because something happens during this time of year where Odin will be the leader of what's called the Wild Hunt at Yule. Mm. Hmm. Um, and not a jolly giver of gifts. And I'll go into that a little bit in a minute. But he didn't give gifts, but he did lead everyone on a wild hunt. Interesting. So I'll get into it in a bit. But um, some other things that were common in Yule were the feasts. So there's a Norse text, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's called Heimskringla, which is the saga of Hakon the Good. And it talks about this, the feast lasting for three days 
um, or as long as the ale continued. And so what they would do is they would slaughter these animals, like all like farmers would slaughter their animals midwinter because they knew that they wouldn't be able to feed them with their remaining grain um, into hmm. the spring and also feed their families. So it was like this feast that would happen out of necessity to sort of save, oh. you know, the community. Um, and but but also. Um, it was tied into the wild hunt with Odin. So the winter solstice was kind of considered a really unlucky time. Um, it was the night when, sorry, the night when Odin was said to ride through the skies with the wild hunt and collect the souls of the dead. So everybody stayed Whoa. indoors feasting because they were afraid that if they went outside, they would be caught alone and abducted by Odin and the wild hunt. And part of um, the spirits of the wild hunt were Draugr, which if you've played Skyrim, you know that Draugr are the undead. They're like Norse zombies. And since Odin was seen as the god of death and transition, he's almost always honored during Yule. Hmm. So the wild hunt rages over the whole world, seeking out and sweeping up the dead, ushering out the dead old year itself. And then it's also common to honor Freya, especially during the first night of the Twelve Nights of Yule, because she's um, she's like the mother goddess, and she's seen as a fertility goddess, and it's kind of like welcoming the new year. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I it's a completely different holiday. It's a completely it different holiday from what we think of as Christmas, and yet we've taken all these different things and sort of co-opted them into our Christmas celebrations. Oh, Mike is reminding me that I also forgot to mention reindeer. Yeah. So that's not something that came from, like, the, the, <laughs> the reindeer didn't carry Jesus uh, no. to the uh, to the manger? Right. That's not <laughs> yeah, like, why would reindeer have anything to do with a Palestinian baby 2,000 years ago? Um, so reindeer pulling a sled. There, are, there There's um, something called the Yule Bach, which is the Yule Goat. And now it's just like an off, like people make them and give them away. But originally it was thought that the goat aspect of pulling a sled came from the goats who pulled Thor's chariot in Norse mythology. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so during Yule, like people make these little straw deities of goats and they give them to each other. But there's also traditions of like having guy like men in the town dress up as a goat at Yuletide. Um, I want to see Chris Hemsworth in a chariot <laughs> being pulled by goats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that has also something to do with like pagan fertility rituals. So, but like the Norse Norse traditions like really like goats in general. So you could like look into that and find out more. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I liked I like learning about it. I also like that it included elements of my favorite video game. <laughs> Sorry, mm. Gail. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite video game? You're not gonna give a plug for which one? Oh, it's Skyrim. We talked about that. Skyrim in yeah. uh, the Gamergate in our, episode. Our Gamergate episode. Yeah. Yeah. Plug yeah go, for that. If, if you haven't uh, if you haven't listened to that one, go back uh, a few episodes or yeah. maybe just one episode, right? Um, don't remember when we recorded it, but in any case. Um, Gail, you had you you're gonna take us in a different direction, right? Well, like, I just uh, I think that was fascinating to just hear the different uh, history of Christmas. I didn't know most of that, Vicky. So thanks for filling us in. Oh, yeah, it's, inter it's interesting history. I just had I guess basic general Christmas questions for all of us. Thought it'd be fun to go around and ask things like, "What do you like about Christmas?" So maybe we can go around and just. Um, yeah. Hmm. What do you like about Christmas and what do you dislike about Christmas? But 
Let's start with what do you like about Christmas? Um, food. Sorry, I just decided I'm going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nate, is that what you like about every holiday, though? Food? Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. Food it is. and drink. Plenty this is why it. you love American Thanksgiving as your favorite. It's oh, yeah. becoming your favorite holiday. It's the food. It's the food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It used to be Halloween because you could wear a mask and get drunk. Mm-hmm. But but now it's it's probably American Thanksgiving because I don't have to wear a mask and I can still get drunk. <laughs> What's your favorite Christmas food? Ooh, um, pie. Which kind of pie? <laughs> like all pies? All, all pies. Um, my, Wait, like, I'm so, so confused, Nate. You've taught me that pie means something different in New Jersey, so now I'm very confused. Okay, so this is what I taught you about <laughs> context. Oh, it's the um, context I'm It's missing. always about the context. So okay. out of context, if somebody's just saying like, you know, hey, why don't you order a pie? It's referring to pizza. If you're listening to this and you don't live in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. I don't. So this is new to me. <laughs> um, in, in this area of the country, if somebody says, hey, let's go get a pie. Unless they mean pizza. They mean pizza. Unless it is, if, if it's like anywhere between the third week of November to, you know, Christmas. Then it then, doesn't mean pizza. Then it may or may not mean pizza. It, oh. it, it could mean, you know, like the pies that you would have at Thanksgiving or Christmas. <laughs> I see. Yeah. My, my favorite pie um, is, oh, God. Like, it shifts. Pumpkin pie is probably up there for me, but pumpkin pie is not really a Christmas thing. It's, a, it's more of a Thanksgiving thing. Um, oh, man, I'm going to be so boring and American with this one, but apple pie. Apple that's, pie is so good. Yeah. Do you like it with cinnamon uh, or with no oh cinnamon? Oh god. No, it, it you needs you need some cinnamon. You just get mm-hmm. get like sprinkle on that cinnamon. In actually no, in in the 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 apple itself. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you need a scoop of vanilla ice cream with your apple pie? This is my question. So, a few years ago, <laughs> here we go. My uh, my aunt and I decided we would whip our own cream. It it took a while, but we we made whipped cream for the uh for the pie and so yeah yeah but but without you know without any whipped cream definitely you gotta have like a little little dollop of ice cream yeah yeah oh and you have that like warm apple pie to go with that cold melting ice cream on oh, stop anyway. it stop it the only thing i've eaten so far today is a bowl of cereal so this is making, this is making life very difficult for me you brought this upon yourself i did <laughs> vicky what about you christmas what's my favorite thing about christmas um yes what do you like about Christmas? I like, <laughs> it's going to sound um, not very festive, but I like having time off from work because <laughs> mm. I, I, it's really nice. It's like one of the only times where it's like universally recognized to like take time off in America and like, yeah, it's hard to take time off outside of that. Um, it is. Which is something that I learned after I left teaching because <laughs> like, it's really hard. Um, yeah. I also like... You know, seeing family that you haven't really seen in a while, mm. that's nice. Um, yeah. And the food is great. Yeah. Um, the the FCC, like, Christmas, I, I want to say, like, Christmas mass, but I know it's that's not what you call it. The Christmas service is, like, really, really nice, too, with the candles. So. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah. love the candlelight yeah. services. So beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. What about you, Gail? 
I, this is my favorite holiday of the whole entire year. Christmas is my holiday. And it's weird because over the years, maybe we'll get into that with other parts of Christmas I want to talk about. But um, I think I, one of the things I love about Christmas is I have like seasonal depression. It's so dark this time of year. The sun goes down early and I hate the cold and I live in Montreal. So I don't know, like it just didn't all work out very well. But <laughs> Christmas for me is like everything's lit up. You have all like the Christmas lights hanging on everyone's porches, windows, and it looks pretty when you're in the malls, when you're walking down the streets of the city and you just see all the bright Christmas lights everywhere. I love I love that part. Um, my dad was massive Christmas lover as well, and I passed it on to my son. So like Christmas music. I mean, we have our setting up our tree with our traditional watching home alone. We have to do that while we put up our Christmas tree. And it's part of our tradition, and we have it memorized. And I pass that on to my kids as well. And um, yeah, I love, I, I just like, I like wrapping presents. I mean, uh, Nate saw me yesterday wrap a gift. It took me like an hour while we were on the phone. And I just love doing this kind of stuff. Like this made my weekend. It's just like to wrap some gifts and stick them under the tree. Think of the people I love and get them things that might make them smile. And, um, I love, I love all things Christmas. I'm Mm. like a Christmas junkie makes me really happy. So, um, just for context, it, it wouldn't usually take you an hour, hour to, to wrap a gift. You, you had Mm. hand surgery recently. No, I did. I had hand surgery. I was trying to configure a box to fit what I needed to put in it. So I was cutting it and retaping and yeah, and it was a whole project, but I was just so excited to like put the wrapping paper on it in a bow and like make this look awesome and I don't even have my chip but I'm not because we're I won't say where we are in time but basically I'm really excited um yeah so I introduced you to last year um an- another oh, one of my I'm gonna be embarrassed to say that I have never watched this until you introduced yes. me to it um but that Gail- represents me what you're gonna say next <laughs> Gail-, Gail had never seen Elf until <laughs> I I know. I know. It's embarrassing. But you know, like the memes with the elf, like it's Christmas. That's me. <laughs> you are. You are elf. I <laughs> you am. are Buddy the Elf. I am Buddy the Elf. That's me. And I had never seen it. And yeah, thanks for the intro. It was a nice movie. That was really cute. Love yeah. I'm I'm glad you liked it. I that hope, was your I hope favorite can, Christmas movie, right, that, Nate? That is that yeah, that is current currently my favorite. Prior to that it was a Christmas story. Um but but now I think Elf is is probably my favorite. Um, Mine is Home Alone. Vicky, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Um Do you have one? Do I have one? Eh, probably Elf. Elf is yeah. it's just all, it's around. A, all around. Yeah. It's so endearing. Yeah. yeah. So cute. It is. Yeah. Anything in terms of actually, no, I should ask the reverse question, I think. In terms of what is it about Christmas that you find difficult, hard, um, that you dislike? Because I think it's Christmas can be one of those very people could have negative feelings too when it comes to Christmas time. So anyone want to volunteer on that one? Uh you know what? I'll I'll go last. Because yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it as a transition into into a, a talking point that I have. So. Okay. Okay. Um, Christmas is hard for me because it's actually Christmas is like one of my least favorite holidays because it makes me think of like family tension that happened around Christmas. Um, I will say though that my family, like despite not having a ton of money growing up, always made sure to like get us a ton of presents which was really nice. Um, and so it kind of felt like growing up, it was like the presents were like the f- central focus. So, 
and and even like recently my my sister texted me and she was like what do you guys want for christmas and i know that she's in college right now and she's having like you know she's she's paying for a lot of it on her own and she still was like presents that's christmas and i was like please take any money that you were going to get me for a christmas present and put it into savings for or buy yourself something nice um because i think the focus should be less on presents and more on the people um and it's going to be hard this year because we can't see our family um because we're all the way in california and we're not going to hop on a plane um but yeah i'll just say it's like it's it's hard financially i think for many people and this year is going to be really hard financially for many people um because there's a lot of people that have lost their jobs and that you know in addition to it just have like i have seasonal depression as well and um when it gets starts getting cold and dark you know it's hard to find positivity um which i think is sort of the point of christmas too is to just find a little glimmer of hope during those dark Mm. months so when you were um sorry were you i didn't want to cut you off no no no. i when you were talking about gifts it was making me think of um growing up too poor as well my uh my my parents couldn't afford gifts for us um but our tree always had tons of gifts underneath and it was all sent to us from one person one person who i'm named after my mom's best friend would mail to my mom my dad my sister and i it was the four of us she would mail individually wrapped gifts for each of us think of like things that we would like and wrap them and mail them like mail a massive box to like our family and my tree would be stacked with gifts underneath, all from her. Wow. But she would make sure that, and not one gift for each of us, like multiple gifts from each of our family members that she took the time to think through what would we like. And even though I grew up poor, like Christmas gifts and like the joy of giving and and doing that for me is, it was because of her. It was because she took the time to like think of us each um, and what we would, and I, it was always exciting. And, like, she even did that once I got married and had kids. She sent me, I think, my first year as a mom. She sent stuff to my kids. She sent Aww. stuff to me. And I. she continued that. And she's, like, a wonderful person who uh, blows me away. Um, I, like, in my heart, she just made such a difference. But I think, you know, it is super commercial. And I don't want to steal your thunder, Nate. But um, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I know my, where you also might go with this. But for... for um, I think for me that is a way of personally recognizing people. Like I think your sister might get a people sometimes give and that's the joy for them is thinking about those they love. Yeah. It is about that. And mm-hmm. it's like I know when I'm when I'm wrapping gifts for my friends, it's not like a commercialization thing, even though I know it's not like a I'm focusing on the gifts. It's I I want to think about you. I want to gifts. Sometimes it's a love language for different people. It, yeah. it makes them feel really thought of and cared about and loved. And so when I'm gift giving. I think sometimes it is the gift giver who's enjoying that whole process. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it feels like a stress, depending on, like, family competition for, like, buying stuff could become really icky. But for me, like, that's one of the things. That's why I enjoy sitting there and wrapping up gifts. It does feel like a focus, but it's something I'm enjoying. Um, I think for me, the difficult part of Christmas, actually, which is something most people don't talk about. And you mentioned, Vicky, FCC's candlelight services, but there is a service I attended at FCC last year. Uh, it was called the Longest Night of the Year. Um, and it was a service dedicated to grief. Um, and 
I thought that was so beautiful. It was talking about grief over the holidays, how um, basically Christmas can be a time of joy and celebration, but for many, the holiday season brings sadness and griefs, separation from loved ones, death. I think that's going to be huge this year. So many people yeah. have lost uh, loved ones um, because of the pandemic, and uh, it's something that, that really can affect your enjoyment of the holidays if you've lost somebody over the holidays um this year has been super hard i've lost a grandfather in the last year i have lost one grandfather and five uncles in the same year and two of the uncles were super close they were my favorite uncles on each side wow. won't name names in case family members listen to my podcast <laughs> don't want people to know who my favorites are but i it was a really heartbreaking year and um i've had years like the year my dad passed away and he was such a christmas like Christmas guy that like it was so heartbreaking to even think about Christmas the year after he passed um I didn't I didn't want to celebrate it uh I had also years where I was separated newly separated and after a 20-year marriage and that those were especially that first year uh I didn't I didn't feel very festive you know when you're dealing with just really difficult emotions or you've gone through some big life crisis or something then the things that usually get you excited and like that are fun celebratory times feel they feel really weird and icky and almost extra depressing. Um, and this service at FCC that we went to, the longest night, just took some time to sit in reflection. Uh, it was a lot about quiet times, um, like just sitting there. You could get uh, a pastor to pray over you. Actually, I was anointed with oil the first time in my life was <laughs> at that service. But and it was really special. It was like a very, it was a solemn uh, service. Usually services are around Christmas are celebratory, but I thought that was such a beautiful way. We don't in our society often recognize grief in a sort of communal way, mm -hmm. in a sort of way of saying this is something we deal with and that needs to, we need to process through it. Um, our difficult emotions even related to the season and, and receiving comfort through that, um, through that recognition. So I think that's one of the, the harder parts of the holidays because it can be such a high-spirited time. If you're not feeling it, if you're going through something, it could really feel like a punch in the gut. And uh, I don't feel that way this year, even though it's been a hard year. Uh, I've had other years where that was definitely the emotion that I had. And and it's weird when it's your favorite holiday and all of a sudden it feels so icky to you. Like, it's, it's extra worse. <laughs> if yeah. I didn't like Christmas, I think it would be a little easier to take that. But, yeah. I think grief is definitely the one that, that hits me in terms of holiday and what I don't like. Yeah. It, it can feel extra hard. How about you, Nate? What is, uh, what is your dislike of Christmas? So, you know, I come from a very um, extreme religious background. And um, one of the things that I remember growing up with was this, um, like, fear of erasing christmas by you know sticking an x <laughs> there <laughs> instead of the word christ um in so, all caps oh yeah in all caps <laughs> <laughs> um so that was that was a fear that or not a not so but i guess it was motivated by fear but this sort of pushback against um against you know society you know liberal society erasing christmas by putting an x in the place of christ erasing the christian roots of, of christmas well did anybody even recognize that the x there isn't an x it's a chi which is the first letter in the greek word for christ christos or uh, amazing yeah. so um it, it the, the symbolism for it was it was symbolism for christ anyway i don't want to get into into all of that right now but so 
one of the things that then kind of evolved from that um, while I was in, um, I think it was my first year of college or, or right after I graduated high school, um, Bill O'Reilly got on a on a rant on on his show, where he um, he said all over the country Christmas is taking flack. In Denver this past weekend, no religious floats were permitted in the holiday parade there. In New York City, Mayor Bloomberg unveiled the holiday tree, and no Christmas and no Christian Christmas symbols were allowed in the public schools. Federated department stores, Macy's, have done away with the Christmas greeting, "Merry Christmas." Now, all of this anti-Christian stuff is absurd, and may even be a biased situation, but the real reason it's happening has little to do with Christmas and everything to do with organized religion. Secular progressives realize that America is that America as it is now will never approve of gay marriage, partial birth abortion, euthanasia, legalized drugs, income redistribution through taxation, and many other progressive visions because of religious opposition. But if the secularists can destroy religion in the public arena, the brave new progressive world is a possibility. That's what happened in Canada. Ooh, Canada. So, yeah. It's Ooh, a scary, scary, scary place over here. country of Canada. Oh my goodness. So I think for me, what I dislike about Christmas is these attitudes start to pop up among, in, in a lot of the circles that I still kind of run into. I mean, I've got a, uh, somebody in my family who will constantly push Merry Christmas on people. Um, you know, even even to people who she doesn't know if they celebrate Christmas or not. And... Like, I don't want to get into these fights, because if you celebrate Christmas, by all means, celebrate Christmas. Um, I, I just find it a little frustrating that if you're, you know, if you're going to say, you know, Merry Christmas, and they reply with, you know, Happy Kwanzaa, or, you know, Happy Hanukkah, or Merry Yule. Blessed Yule. <laughs> Blessed Yule, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, like, if you're going to... Um, if you're going to greet me with the holiday that you that you celebrate, then don't get angry at me if I greet you with the holiday that I celebrate and it doesn't happen to be the holiday that you celebrate. Yeah. Um, I think it's fine to respond with, you know, happy Hanukkah yeah, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. whatever you want. I, yeah. I think, I think right now, um, things that, that whole attitude of like the war on Christmas, I, I feel like that's dying down. That could also be a product of the fact that I've walked away from a lot of those spaces that have mm -hmm. been afraid of of, uh, of the erasure of, of Christmas. But I, I do think that it it does open up the larger conversation of fear mongering tactics, and um, and I don't know. Like to me, that's that I think is 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 what frustrates me about about this time of year is that there's this this push for religion um in a way that doesn't happen quite as much or as um as it's not quite as prevalent um throughout most of the year just like around christmas time do you guys think that that liberals and progressives are trying to take away christmas just to set the record straight. <laughs> as, as a liberal person myself, I don't think that's the case. But, Me? but you I know am. What? I'm trying to take away Christmas. No, I'm kidding. I, I think it's, it's, it's such a real fear that a lot of, um, like, 
what Trump, one of his broad appeals uh, to his base was this idea that people are trying to erase Christianity as a whole. You know, when he held up a Bible in front of a church, that got him a lot of, he knows his, he knows there's a lot of people that actually believe that Christianity is going to be erased. And that's funny, Bill O'Reilly's comments about Canada make me laugh. <laughs> you know, I, as a, as a, as a Canadian Christian, we don't have that sort of need to constantly push uh, Christianity to have to be acknowledged by everyone in society to be able to be a Christian, you know? And I, I still see that as a liberal Christian, as something important. Um, you don't need to have the rest of society acknowledge Jesus in order for you to be a Christian celebrating Jesus. And and Trump's rhetoric about, you know, just that sort of erasure of Christianity, that, that attitude he knew, his base really feels that strongly, a fear that people are trying to marginalize Christians. And I don't think that's true, but I think it's a very real concern people have. And I think the war on Christmas rhetoric comes out of that, comes out of that very real fear that certain people have that if you don't kind of keep this up front and center, then you're being erased. Almost like if you're not dominating, and I think that's the weird part for me, is that you don't need to dominate in order to be respecting. Uh, right. And I and I think most people, like the whole, for me as a Christian, the do to others is you would have them do to you. When you guys were talking about if someone greets you with happy Hanukkah, you could greet them back with it. Um, that idea of like, okay, so how would you want, do you want other people to use their religions to be upfront and dominating it? Like when you talk about the need for the respect of religion, are you only talking about your own religion? Are you saying when you're saying, you know, people are trying to erase a religion, I, we need to bring God back into schools. Are, are you meaning just Christianity? Are you meaning like your religion has to be the one that's recognized in order, or is this really a do to others as you would have everyone being recognized with the same level of respect and treatment about what they believe? and um yeah yeah sorry I mean, that was a bit of a long rant <laughs> no that's fine for me i would say that um i want other religions to um to have a, a seat at the table because um, we live in a in a, a pluralistic society where and and i get that it's not truly pluralistic because christianity is still the sort of dominant uh culture in in this country but I, I think I think we all need to make way for other expressions. And if people feel uncomfortable with the overtly religious symbolism in uh, Christian celebrations of Christmas, um, then they can celebrate other holidays. And we should be happy to include those holidays in any kind of gener generic greeting society wide. You know, um, that's just that's my thought. I'll get off my soapbox now for, for a moment. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think Christmas is so historically diverse. Like the the culture, cu cultural like traditions of Christmas are not just from Christianity, and most of them, I think, like have nothing to do with yeah, like you were like you were, so like the like intro to this episode. Hopefully, us, yeah. hopefully helps people to grasp that a bit better. Yeah, I just think it's like, do you even know what you're talking about when you're forcing like people to say Merry Christmas to you? Do you, do you fully understand that? Or are you just, is it like a power thing? Like you were saying, Gail, is it like, I need yeah. to dominate. My voice has to be louder than yours. Um, yeah. And I think the best thing to do when those people like get in your face and are like, well, keep Christ in Christmas or Merry Christmas or whatever and j is, is just to respond with like, yeah, happy holidays or like, you know, happy, happy Saturnalia or happy <laughs> yeah. Festivus, yeah. whatever you want, like, whatever you're celebrating, yeah, and whatever just walk away and don't yeah. don't give them any more oxygen to fuel that yeah. fire of rage and hate. 
Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think for my, I didn't bring this up at all, but the the I didn't touch on the spiritual side of what I, why I love Christmas as a Christian. Like what it's to me of all the the celebrations, it's the one that has the most is the most beautiful. And I think with baby Jesus, it's the idea of this humble beginning. Like the whole power tripping stuff to me doesn't even resonate with what I love so much about celebrating it on the Christian spiritual side. It's like this idea that yes, he's the king. Like there's a verse in Isaiah that said. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So it's this idea that, okay, God's coming to earth. He's going to be incarnated. It's going to be the Everlasting Father, but he's also going to be the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. And he's also going to going to care about justice. He's going to be a wonderful counselor. And he's going to come as a baby. And I find the whole beauty of Christmas for me is really wrapped up in this idea that this powerful God would take on flesh in a baby format. Not in a king kind of ruling, although that is imagery used even in the same sentence. But this idea that the starting of it is this baby child. It's this... It's this Um, humble beginning. And I think that humility, that idea of hope, the idea of justice, uh, caring about everyone else around you, not just yourself. um, Those are things to me that are super beautiful about the Christmas holiday. holiday. It's the spiritual stuff that uplifts me at Christmas time. It's the stuff that gives me hope. my favorite hall. I want. I don't know if you guys have favorite Christmas songs. I didn't ask this question. Do you guys have any? Quick, quick, because I want to get into mine really fast. But I want to know. If no, you guys, I, I don't. I'm, you don't. No, I find no. Christmas songs annoying in general. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, too. well, mine is on on a. Sp- it's more a spiritual Christmas song. It's Oh Holy Night. And there's a few lines in it that just always, they pull at my heartstrings every time I hear them. Um, And one of the lines or the refrains from it is, Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression will cease. That is one of those, like, it feels like a social justice anthem for me when I'm singing Oh Holy Night. I always get very pumped when I start thinking about chains breaking and oppression ceasing. Um, And even the idea of um, in all our sorrows born to be our friend. Um, That's somewhere in there. I'm not finding the line in it. But that idea of uh, just the kindness the kindness of Christmas, the kindness of, of Jesus and wanting to care about people around him uh, on a friendship level, on an intimate level. And that's the stuff that resonates with me at Christmas time. That's the Christian roots that make the holiday extra beautiful for me. The idea of incarnation too is God becoming flesh human so he could relate to us better. So the idea of relating to people that are different than me at Christmas seems to be as a Christian embedded in how I should see it or how I feel about it. So, um, yeah, I just, I guess I just wanted to touch on the Christian side of it and what that meant to me and how that plays out, uh, why it actually makes Christmas one of my favorite holidays for sure. Um, Mm. But looks a little bit different than what I hear the rhetoric sometimes from Christians. Yeah, it's it, yeah. some it's it's completely the opposite, I guess, yeah. in my head. So, um, I want to take a few moments just to acknowledge um, that you know this this holiday season looks so much more different, and we've touched on it in different ways uh, over the course of our conversation, um, and. I want to acknowledge, I know it sounds a little trite, you know, uh, try to try to step away from the commercialization, try to step away from the materialism. Um, but I, I do hope that we all can can do that to some degree. Um, I know gift giving is, a, is an important tradition. Um, 
and but maybe as Gail, you were saying, maybe we could focus on the gift or the giving rather than the gift. Um, and and also, you know, a, a, as a country right now in the U.S., um, we've lost at at the point that we're recording this uh, almost two hundred thirty thousand um, people, and that's hard. And I know it's entirely possible that people listening to this episode will be grieving um, the loss of loved ones. Um, so our hearts are with you in this holiday season. Um, I know uh, by the time you're hearing this, um, Hanukkah will have already passed, but Christmas is probably right around the corner, and so is Kwanzaa. Um, so, you know, all of your celebrations, um, we want to wish you the best, the happiest of holidays possible. Um, but we also recognize that right now is uh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. Um, we don't know you, but we love you, and we hope uh, we hope your celebrations will will still be sweet and loving. And uh, even though you can't physically hold your loved ones, maybe uh, social distanced <laughs> hold your loved ones. Send a card. Yeah, send a card. Send some love. Um, I think unless unless you all have uh, anything else you wanna you want to mention um i think i think that that does it for today's episode merry christmas everyone merry christmas happy happy kwanzaa blessed yule happy hanukkah happy yeah happy hanukkah just passed um and then uh yoi otoshi wo for those of you who are japanese and are celebrating omisoka coming up and uh yeah so uh thank you thank you so much for listening um we really appreciate your uh your taking the time out of your schedule to hear what we have to say um if you haven't already please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app um and if you don't have one yet head to don't repeat this podcast.com to see a list of all the apps that we're available on um you know share the episode with your friends and family uh rate and review us on itunes and uh extra credit for five star reviews um <laughs> And and please follow us on social media. We I'll follow us on social media. Well, let me try that Aww. one again. All right, please, please Sean Connery. Follow- <laughs> yes. <Sorry>. Please. <laughs> Please follow us on social media. We are at Don't Repeat This Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Don't Repeat Pod on Twitter. So on behalf of my co-host, Gail and Vicky, um, I'm Nate. Happy holidays. This has been Don't Repeat This. So don't repeat this stuff at the dinner table. Or maybe this time around, do repeat this. Bye, everyone.